Thanks for tuning in to PG and Dak's Real Football Podcast. This episode has been recorded and can be found at PG and Dak Real Football Podcast on YouTube. For more PG and Dak content, find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. We hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hello, everybody. It's Jill here, Mrs. Dak. Dak's unable to show his face this week because he's been a naughty, naughty boy for Old Forum Weekend and he's grounded. So, welcome to PG and Dax Real Football Podcast, episode 6, with Barry Russell and Ryan McStay from St Rocks. An amazing episode, and I know that you'll enjoy it. The proud sponsor of the show today is RMD Electrical, one of Dax's best friends, really trustworthy company, and does an amazing job. Done lots of work in the Dax household, and it's always top quality work. So thanks RMD and Ryan for your support to the boys. I hope you all enjoy the episode. Missy's Dak out. All right, lads, how you doing? Next day, Baz, appreciate you coming on to speak to us. Early rock, early boys. Early candy boys here. When the ball's like a bomb and it's not (laughs) Kieran Daw, it's mixed day. When the strikers in Royston Road and it's not Paul Tierney, it's Baz Russell. Here we show the sweet one for these boys. One of candy. How are getting on, lads? Ah, no bad, mate. Just obviously missed the football and hearing that news today. I don't think it's going to start back at the level at all. So, yeah, just obviously need just get ahead and look forward to next next season. Prepare for. Pre-season, hopefully me and Baz will still get the rock there for the released. <laughs> We've got a wee question about yeah, your performances at the Rock later on, don't worry about that. <laughs> well, that'll be good. <laughs> right, so um, we'll just get going. I've already, we've already had a wee chat on our group chat we've had gone for this, and uh, apparently makes you played with Falkirk at one time. Oh, I was there for a couple of seasons. Uh, we'll oh. <laughs> don't mention it. Right, so who was it starting at Falkirk? Because I actually remember playing against you at Little Kersen uh, when we played for the Stiffs. How was it playing for Yogi? Ah, brilliant, mate. As I said, I've, I've spoken again uh, previous on Yogi. He's the best manager I've ever played on. He was a character. Uh, but he doesn't get the credit he deserves with the way he wants to play football. It was right up my street, getting the ball down, getting his two full-backs pushing up, playing wide. Uh, his two centre-halves dropping deep and then he would get me to come and try and get the ball off him. So it was ideal for me. It was a great grounding, uh, working with some top, top players. Uh, I could go through the list uh, all day, but they gave me a good grounding. I came out of the team when I was 17. They helped me a lot. Uh, the next year, I think we won the league. But uh, it was full of experienced pros who obviously didn't put up any shite, you know what I mean? It's like you had to get in. Uh, if you want to, they were demanding off you, and obviously you had to demand off them, and they, they took that. Uh, obviously, come back, David Nichols, obviously, he was a good mate of mine growing up. Uh, he used to get out give the young boys torture but you obviously gave him a bit back and he took it and that's just the way it was and I think that's why we were quite a successful team at the time How yeah, was see it the thing is right see McStay's perfectly said there like, I know McStay well for up right but he's, he gave it to Biggie Nerd I'm not going to fire in names right see McStay all he does is fire in names mate right it's and it's always to. Mate, it's always nicknames, right? So all you talk about is Ashfield and being uh, Max's number five coach, mate. Nobody cares. This isn't this isn't about me and you, but you always constantly <laughs> Chipper, Yogi, 
Jacko, <laughs> Dale. No, I mean, I Dale. even made up here nicknames, mate. Jacko, Hibs and all that. Just tell us about it. To be fair, he's no coach number five. He's a cone technician, right? Aye, exactly. Back to that. That's good for a defeat when you want the moral the morality cop a wee bit. No, we just fire him in to say some of his jokes. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm just telling you, mate, you, you, you should be firing the names, mate, because you normally do, mate. You know what I mean? I heard him work. Dak was saying before he came on there, because he was running a wee bit late, that Dak was saying in work earlier that he saw a guy with dreadlocks and you were just walking by and he went, Russell Happy used to have dreadlocks and I used to play for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could talk all yeah, but the wee man, uh, what magician, what a player he was. Uh, nah, I must have been good playing with a guy of his quality. Oh, frightening me as a uh, just so laid back for a guy that's in a career the way he has. But even before games, your game would be doing the team talk in the changing room and the toilets smoking while your game was doing the team talk. You'd see the smoke came over the, uh, the cubicles and the toilet, but then he'd go out and even at when Celtic Rangers used to come to the the Falkirk Stadium would be head shoulders above anybody else. Cigars out, and that was him at 39, 40 years of age. Nobody could get near him. So I'd like to have seen him when he was in his prime and uh, over playing in Portugal because he played with Portugal more of East, didn't he? He was, he was frightening. Mental. It's funny though that whenever you see smoke in his restroom room now, it's just because somebody set fire to the back of the club. <laughs> is it? Up in, <laughs> up in the rock. Uh, <laughs> I off, probably. Aye, you see, old fucking hack. I was going to say something. I'm not going to the old hash den, man. Didn't it all, man? It used to be that when I was there. <laughs> oh, it's top chill, man, honestly. Walked <laughs> out stone. Was it, uh, did you score a winning goal to get his, uh, was it promoted or to win the league your time at Falkirk? Aye, to be honest, the league was done. The league was done months before that. Well, there were miles ahead of anybody in the, the league. And uh, obviously, I just, I was fortunate enough to score the goal against Ross County. Um, the one man known that was just basically to confirm it but it was some day uh, obviously me scoring the goal and then I always remember it walking back up uh, I'd bet Hedgehunt on the National and just as I scored the goal come over the Tannoy uh, Hedgehunt had won the, the National and I had 20 quid on it so then end up in the town getting rubber after it so it was some night overall Was that to get into the Premier League? Nah, I was to get into the Premier League I won the, it was like the old First Division Aye we won, so it was, there were some good teams in it, but again, we made some team. We had Daryl Duffy up top, Danny McBreen, eh, Andy Thompson, John O'Neill, was filled with top quality players that played at a higher level. So we're always happy to cut above the rest of the teams and we just kind of gelled together as players. Again, I think I was the youngest boy. It was me and Daz Barr. He was in and out of the team. I was playing. I thought you were only going to name drop. Okay. I thought you were only going to name drop. Start, I'm just getting warmed up here. Also, 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 aye. Me and him were the kind of young boys in the team and I was playing week in, week out, with John O'Neill, who was another top, top player. Played with St. Johnson, Hibs, uh, big Kevin James, Yogi at the back. So it was littered with top quality professionals and then obviously they were ideal for the likes of me coming through. See, John O'Neill's brother, Kev, was my manager at Mary Hill. Like, well, it was about 15 years ago. Good guy, that decent manager, but I remember him taking us up to, see, up where, I think it's John Paul Academy, as in Mary Hill, you uh, Summerston, why? There's pictures up there when he writes, and it was December, and he had his running in the middle of December when he writes on. So I'm, I'm assuming John was a bit, John was a bit more sophisticated than that. Oh, just laid back again. Uh, just what a player! He's one of the best midfielders I've played with. Uh, again, probably underrated, but he was a. Top I think Yogi is, but I don't think Yogi in this spell now with Ross County is probably getting a wee bit more praise now because the way he's coming across in his interviews, not now than what he ever get credit for back at the start there. I think he's always been the same, Dad. I think everybody always likes the way he comes across and he speaks well. And uh, obviously, 
he talks a good game, but try to get the words out and all that. He called from Pong Fring Bong and all that. It's just nah. he's laughing not, but the way he said he stole out early doors at Falkirk when him and Coyle took over at Brockville, and then obviously Coyle left and went to United and Chipper came in. The two of them bounced off. No, but the two of them bounced off well. Chipper was the brains, you know what I mean? Chipper on the training part was sent to run. His coaching drills were unbelievable. And then you jogey, obviously, picking the team and things like that. But it obviously worked out well for us because he's only had bar the Rafe Rover spell where they were basically down the bottom anyway. When he went on to try and steady the ship and they get relegated, people kind of put the, pinned the blame on him. But they, they had a shocking season before that. See, to be honest, I think Dax talking about Ross County with him, I almost I think that's pretty much the wrong job for him. I think part of the problem that Yogi has is he's a bit more progressive than people think, but because he is a big guy that doesn't he speak the best, people think that he can't get a better job where he could maybe be a bit more free flowing with his football. No, I definitely. Uh, as I say, you go back to his teams even at Inverness, he won the Scottish Cup with him. He uh, had a bad spell down Hartlepool, it didn't work out, but he's come back up the road and as you say, but See if you can back to guys like that. They do keep going. See, the medical round, they just keep going round and round and round. That's why I, I like to see uh, young players, get, uh, young managers getting a chance. Obviously, one of my good mates, Marky Kerr, got left there United the other day. It's just not worked out for him. Maybe it was the wrong time for him with the lockdown and having no fans. But uh, hopefully, he'll get another shot. But that's what I always say like, to Baz and that. Like, hopefully, Dak knows my situation with work. I'm desperate to get into management. But with the shifts and that, I know I just can't do it. But obviously, that's what I see myself doing in a couple of years' time. Aye, it's, some, it's probably something we'll come back on because it was something I was thinking about saying to you about that kind of merry-go-round and younger managers coming on. But see, after you got promoted, did you play in the Premier League or was that when you went to Thistle? No, I was. I think I was there for another two years again. I played uh, a good few games in the Premier I went on to Queen of the South uh, the following December with my call uh, down there. I had a, a cracking six-month spell there. Uh, we kept the club up in the, the old first division. Again, what a team that was, Derek Lyle, big Jimmy Thompson, the yeah, fella characters. I know Dale, mate, and he's the only Aye. guy I know loves a sunbed more than me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it was something me, then I went back to uh, Falkirk for another year. Again, didn't really work out for me, and then that's when I decided, obviously, uh, I turned down a new deal. Uh, me and Big Mark Toddle, and the two sent me Patrick Thistle under McCall. How was it playing at Thistle? It was good, mate. It started off really well. Uh, we were flying to the top of the league first couple of months and then uh, we actually signed a two-year deal and we called Paul Design offers another year, but I was only 21 at the time, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm maybe getting another move here if I keep playing the way I'm at. And then again, just I got, uh, had a groin injury and uh, just things never worked out and I think I was there for another year and a half and ended up getting paid up and that's when I went to Dumbarton. And that was probably my best spell uh, as a professional at Dumbarton. I loved it there. But without it sounding disrespectful, do you think dropping down the division, it was better suited to you where you were maybe a standout as, a, as opposed to the higher quality in the Premier League and kind of the top end of the first division? Yeah, I don't know. I would, without bumming myself up, I would always say I was one of the most technically gifted players at Folk and Partick, but people get back to me and say, oh, you didn't really work as hard, but it was just not in my, my makeup to get about the park. It just ask any manager I played under, any player, I'm no lazy, but it just wasn't in my makeup just to get to dig about and get in about. But I never missed any training, never missed pre season. As I it just wasn't in my makeup. So again, that's maybe what was my downfall. That's, yeah, and that's maybe that's why I'm not doing the leagues. You but, say that, mate, but 
you probably it was mate you were lazy mate and you were probably towing a caravan mate I've seen you I'm towing a caravan team. down mate aye I'm 35 there's no question you can spray a bob out mate but fuck me mate need a segue to get about the cart now <laughs> <laughs> I love a chocolate's killed me mate oh mate I can no, I've paddled over a stone and a half in lockdown because aye. but getting back once I've been down the the levels obviously used to get managers saying to me, Oh, you need to remember uh, maybe you're two or three passes ahead of people and you're playing with people that's part time. But again, that, that was my best time of football playing part time. I loved it. Uh, Dumbarton, Manning, yeah, the crazy but, uh, gang at Baz. Uh, what a time it was. Boys working nine to five, Monday to Friday, turning up three times a week. And uh, that's obviously one of the best changes we've had. Obviously, I'll be See the hang is PG. This is a hang, right? I've heard, I've listened to these stories and I love them, Remix Day. Let's get any buzz, mate. I want to hear about buzz, mate. I've heard all about this. That's buzz, what's the real? That's in the book of the screen. Buzz has ended up behind the curtain because you've basically had <laughs> since he's come on. What a sweet deal, Remix Day. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Know what I mean? It's seamless how you date that because I was just going to go on to me. It's perfect. Oh, I'm listening. Think like that, honestly. <laughs> right, Buzz. You were at Albion Rovers. Um, your biggest one at Albion Rovers was the game against Motherwell in the Scottish Cup. It's actually my mate Gary Phillips that scored. And there was a picture that was on Twitter recently for the old Albion Rovers pictures of you and uh, guys celebrating. How was that for you winning such a big game? And you've got quite a lot of publicity for it as well. How was that? Aye, it was brilliant. Uh, we obviously got wrote off before we even played them. Uh, and then we obviously put a strong team out. But we just had 11 players behind the ball. Then guys got a lucky break and scored. It was, uh, it was brilliant. That's the thing. You see, like, we could say Alex won against Barcelona in the Champions League and that. It doesn't really matter how much better a team is. And you see, if you're organised and disciplined, you can go and beat a side. Because you're, uh, you're always going to get that one or two chances that you need to, to possibly score and win. After that, you've went to, was it Stranraer? Yeah, see on that PG, sorry to interrupt you, PG. See on that, but I love right. <clears throat> McCall's been talking about that recently, man, and Baz called him out big style on Twitter. What was it? What was he up to, Baz? He was talking to play at Dune Kid no, he never knew the team and what were you all plumbers and butchers and that? I got my job right, I a plumber, but when you say Gaz is a butcher. Um nah, he, he mentioned it, but he shot it. Ah, I seen you calling him out, mate. He's he's back seated, mate. You know what I mean? Fellow ginger, or no? Better than the gingers, I want to see. What I mean? How, what level? What uh, division were like, uh, Albion Rovers? I'm assuming they were third division because I don't ever really remember them being anything else. And Stranraer as well. What level were they at when you were there? Uh, Stranraer were in league league once. We nearly won the league that year, actually. Um. I wouldn't really say I played that much with Sonar. I was on the bench every single game, but it's still one of the best dressing rooms I've been in. Uh, it was brilliant to work under Junge and Stevie Farrell. I, I played for Faz at Cumnock. He's a. Uh, Faz's football knowledge is unbelievable, man. He just sees wee speeches before the game and all that. You just want to start greeting and just phone your mom and tell you over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, see, my speeches, I usually go after Faz. Well, sorry, big man, but you're not starting today. <laughs> ah, well, you're the same ones with me then. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I can't even get Faz in the show because that's every podcast near enough we've done so far. His name's cropped up in it. No, no, no. Honestly, you know, mixed day. Unbelievable, man. I know, but as far as what with the union, 
the thing with the Faz is like I've heard him on other stuff and through because he's working that he's very like diplomatic and he's a well well spoken guy, yeah. an intelligent guy. But as you know as well as me, when he's in a dressing room, there's a different side to him. Oh. It doesn't matter, that's for sure. See so no. make a mistake or anything, man. See that. That tackle I done in that Nicky Devlin, he was adamant that's how I got sent off. He won the game, and he was still in after it, and during the team talk, putting my boys about it. Wow, come on, we just won. I've seen it's a cruncher, but I won the ball. I've seen it's a soul, it's a shocker. Aye. I won the ball. Aye, but is that, that is you, mate. I what I've seen, mate. But that's how I'm training, mate. I'm more joking. <laughs> I'm training, mate. Training where you play. You need that intensity. It brings everybody else. Ah, you know that. No, I'm the complete opposite. I dive out the way. Tackles. You know what I mean. He's oh, fine. Listen, I know. He hide. He hide people in training. That's no. madness. But all you hear from is all you hear from is dead. I can't work tomorrow. Aye. I mean, we get a job to go to. We may have to do McGill man trying. And you get dafties like Kieran Doran in the bit. You need to try and smash them early. There's maybe something about Daw coming on there. I mean, I don't know him, but I've, I've heard I'll it. Keep it that way. way. I'll um, keep it that way. <laughs> right, but as you went on to East Kilbride, how was going to East Kilbride in terms of the Lowland League being pretty much brand new by the point you were in? What was your first view as the Lowland League? Uh, I went in, I actually worked under uh, Paul Keane, where it owned it. And uh, he knew I was leaving Stranoir and off my apprenticeship and all that. I went into East Kilbride and to be honest, you had about four good teams in it when we first the first season. But we weren't that great ourselves either. Um but it just after that it just got better and better, um, harder and harder. Uh, and then obviously better players signed. So What's happening with that phone you're going to give me on better your bone or something? <laughs> I'm kicking my leg. I'm kicking this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look, look at that, so keep watching you. <laughs> you nervous, Baz? A wee bit, mate. <laughs> My first podcast. Right, don't, right, don't worry about it, mate. We'll talk you through it. We'll keep you behind <laughs> Don't worry about it. Right, so you're saying the standard wasn't great. Obviously, it starts getting better. The sec- yeah, was it your second season that you've won the league? Uh, 2016, you've won the 2016-17. No, nah, it would have been the third. The third season. And you've lost yeah. to Houghton Beath in the playoff and penalties. Paul Woods' fault. Paul Woods' fault. Is that yeah, brilliant? Yeah. I love that. Just throw somebody right under the bus, mate. I love it. Nah, he missed the penalty, but it was just one of these seasons. Uh, Lockie was in charge. Uh, just get the ball sometimes. Just, he didn't care how you played. See so if you won the game, that was it. Um, so the full season, we were just we were brilliant, to be fair. Uh, but failed at the last hub, though, because I would do. <laughs> what was just the, the difference in quality with the Lowland League teams to uh, kind of bottom end of the third division back then? Because I know the Lowland League teams are a lot stronger now, even three or four years down the road. How was it back then? Back right then, the Lowland League wasn't that great. You knew you were getting four hard games a season. Uh, but even the third division, Cowden Beef never beat us in 90 minutes. I think we played them three times. Uh, they never beat us. We played Steny. They never beat us either. Uh, I think it was... Probably fitness, to be fair. Um, you could see they were a bit fitter than us. Yeah. What? I, don't think, I don't think there's a big gap, man. See, now when you're seeing the nah. games, you know, they're definitely the Cubs, man. They could, 
Because you've seen some of them anyway. But was it was it Bonnie Rick when it took mm-hmm. Dundee far and all that? And then oh, yeah. look at the East Kilbride team you were in. I know PG will maybe uh, touch on the big game you had there, but you, they've, they've put big clubs, you know what I mean? Between uh, junior and lowland clubs, the standards definitely getting a lot stronger. See the amount of players. Look at the East Kilbride team now. Players Money talks. Oh, well, that's true. Well, <laughs> I think you're saying that you get a job after Paul Keane. That's kind of like the Darvo team. They're all on like 600 quid a week in Black Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one thing. Darn Miller. Has we Darn Miller took a pay cut, aye? Yeah, Darn Miller's He's no, no flipping chicken meat and putting them in Peter's Darn Miller, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm assuming Jill does all the cooking in your house if you're flipping chicken. <laughs> Mate, we actually get prep meals delivered to the house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, right, man. So after the year he's um, he's missed out in the playoffs, he's finished second. Was that the year Spartans won the league? Aye. This uh, Spartans are always a good team. They're always well set up. Uh, it's always a hard they, place to go, wasn't it, Baz? It was. Aye. They're always a tough team to play against. Um, I mean, who was a wee manager? He's a wee winger. He used to rate me every single game, man. I couldn't get to him. Aye. I think he plays wee Sterling now. You know him, Mixed Day? Yeah. We are good. And you, we knew we Chena. We Gary Chena as we was the captain there. Ah, he, he was a player. He was, man. Yeah. He was right. He was tiny and beat me in the air every single time, man. I just couldn't get near him. Aye. Sorry, Mixed Day, on you go, mate. Aye, Baz, was that the year that BSC, us, we were flying at the start of the season and we blew up about. February time, I think. I'm sure that was one. I think that was his, the season you won it. We were flying and we just blew up at the end. Uh, I remember. That would have been, what, 2019 the year you won it again? Because you just couldn't handle pressure, mixed day. Typical mixed day, ran out of legs. The BSC boys got really nervous. The seven or eight guys that came down and watched them would always give them a right hard time. Yeah, maybe I've even got some of that, but see, like, lose, uh, winning the league and then you lost to Cove Rangers the year they've ended up going up. So, no, quite frustrating. I know, obviously, it's good with the pyramid system coming in now where even, like, the, the former junior teams in the West of Scotland they have got a chance to progress and eventually get in. But it's still heavily in favour of the league teams where you just have to play a playoff against the winners of the, the Highland League and then go and play Boatman in the third division. So, being the worst team in the country, basically, doesn't even guarantee you to get relegated. I think it's terrible the setup. Uh, obviously, completely favours the team that's um, in the third division. But we were going at the Highland team on the Saturday, then playing the Wednesday, and then playing the third division again on the Saturday. Aye. So they had a two week break. It just. Aye. I think it's a crap setup, to be honest. Heavily in their favour, to be honest. But we're going to, Dak has mentioned it, we're going to go into that, that big game the, with East Kilbride. What what were kind of your views on it? How was it in the build up to it? What was that? I can't hear them. So how was it? See the big game we used to go bride that game that we all know about. How was it in the build up to it? You could be talking about anyone. Was it beating the world record? Was it played Celtic? Was it? No, I was meaning. Oh, the, the game. oh, was, oh, was, oh was the game. Steve, were you playing that game? That's true, mate. That's true. Obviously, PG's been playing some more. Mate, I, I was oh, talking. I was a wee bit in, mate. I was talking about when you played Hoyt Royal. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually you're cutting the legs from them because I was going to mention it as well. The 27 games uh, in a row beating Ajax with 26. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, he's an official the best team in the world ever. 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 I think Lockie's still trying to clutch on that to get a... He was, he used to try to get a friendly with Ajax arranged and all that for pre season. Oh, <laughs> uh, is, yeah. is, that, is that wee mentality out when you're a wee guy and you go, they beat such and such one, no, we beat them too. We're the best team in the world. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? See, when you, see, on that run team, you said the 27 games. Obviously, it was again getting a bit of media coverage because you were doing so well. And it was on, I remember seeing it on Sky Sports News. Were you starting to shite yourselves a wee bit when it was getting close? Because you're like, we've getting all this coverage and we could absolutely blow it and and end up fucking it. I could remember it. It was the way Lockie would say is like, take one game at a time, take one game at a time. But I just kept on saying to Sean Winter, you're going to fuck this man, right? Ask him an OG or something. Just written in a script for me to fuck it up. But uh, nah, we've done it against obviously BFC. Uh, you play mixed day? Oh, I mean, I was a baby then. What was the one that they, they, they gave you in the champagne and that? I remember it for back in the day. Did somebody not give you champagne or sent you out champagne? Was it Ajax sent the champagne? Ajax, yeah, that was it. Ed, Edwin van der Sar. That's classy, isn't it? It was classy, the centre. How many bottles did you tan by? I'd imagine you rattled about six or seven. We get 27 each. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. There's, there's mixed day. Right, man, that night. Kevin and Neil and you just fucking slapped them in the face when Edwin van der Sar. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, nah, was brilliant for them to be fair. Uh, the place was bouncing, then obviously the Keens owned the bar in Legends, so it was a free bar on eight and on. What's the, cause I, I've actually never been to a Lowland League game before, and I do intend on maybe going to a couple when football comes back. But what's the what's the crowds like at East Coast or even when you're playing against other teams? Because apart from, I'd, I'd imagine like Kelty and that'll not be too bad and stuff, but there's a lot of clubs that I wouldn't imagine have great support. East Coast doesn't it? To be fair, it was almost a new club and you would get the odd old guy here and there, but quite a lot of people used to think they were DK Fissel. Aye. Uh, so a few of their fans started turning up, but it's picked up now. It's uh, probably over 100 now a game now. Aye. It's, it's not too bad. It's funny though, because like, obviously the lonely teams have got ahead of the junior teams, but then you've got like Pollock and all that, they're getting six, 700 at games. A Cumnercock and Lake game, you could end up with a couple of thousand at it. Well, because they're historically kind of bigger clubs in a sense, but it's good with the pyramid now that you'll you'll eventually start seeing bigger crowds in the Lone League and all over the next few years. But on to the game, the Celtic game. How was it, like I said, in the build up to it and then playing on the day? I was shite myself, man. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, that buzz was like, obviously, I don't know if you suffer for nerves after the game, but playing against, obviously, your boyhood club and all that and playing against players that you watch on the telly constant but you were you shaking that eye? I we get put up at the hotel and that before it the night before and I would I couldn't sleep or nothing man. Aye. To be fair I was just sitting listening to Celtic songs and <laughs> trying to get to sleep and all that <laughs> just uh, nah, it was good but I was uh, I was shaking myself the full full night. Were you were you like that mixed day when you played against the big the big boys were you do you get nerve, more nervous or what? Or do, you, or do you just feel the same? No, it's just the butterflies in your stomach. And then I think once you touch a ball for the first time, you just go away. You just forget about it. I uh, didn't ever feel that, mate. I was like, my big games were like fucking lark all. <laughs> I mean, I was the pure. <laughs> when I was at the Rock, mine's one of the big professional games. But I was nervous the full game, I think. Because I feel like school bride were going to be there. So if you've done something... Nah, you go to get reminded of it, I feel the rest of your life. Aye. 
I remember watching it. Um, goal scorers that day were Griffiths and Kazim Richards. How was it playing against Kazim Richards? Obviously, never really done much at Serie, but how was it playing against kind of strikers of that quality? Well, to be fair, that Kazim Richards, I ran into him the first, I think it was the first two minutes, got winded straight away. <laughs> I was just like myself, he never even budged at all when I moved. Uh, I was just like myself, here we go. But Griffiths, he's doing well at Derby's, you know. Uh, I, I had a wee word to him after that game if I could screw the nut. So <laughs> <laughs> you like my pal McStay. We just don't run yeah. out enough. <laughs> this is what I love. This is what I love, right? Here's a here's a wee plumber for his co-bride just smashing Colin Kazim Richards, man. I've got the team written down. So you had the likes of Tierney, Mackay Stephen, Brown, Mulgrew, Boyata, Forrest, Griffiths, Kazim Richards. Big Effie, Ambrose and Sviachenko. Obviously, because I remember watching it, you were proper backs against the walls. It was only 2-0, so it was a pretty good result for you. But do you notice a big difference in the quality, even though it was only 2-0? Nah, it was massive, man. We couldn't get near them. Uh-huh. Uh, it's quite funny about it, because Billy Ogilvy was like, uh, the Celtic team got handed in, and he kind of looked at it and then threw it away while doing our team talk. You don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> and the last bit is uh, Hingway team talk was leave F.A. Ambrose on the ball. <laughs> I think <laughs> F.A. was brilliant that day. Uh, as if that Nigerian internationalist is actually that man. bad a football player. Uh, uh, no, nah, they were. See, Griffiths, I couldn't. He was just stealing a fucking yard every single time I blinked. I couldn't. You even see it for the goals, just watching. I was like, oh, where the fuck is he? And he's behind me and all that. And, nah, they were. Did he? Did any of them claim that they knew he's bad? He's seen you playing against you, where they're kind of looking down at you when they're playing against you, where they give you wee Snyders and that. Or, or no, to be fair, no, they were not. They never really said anything. You the only one who gave me a Snyder was that the deep for Rangers when we played them. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, defender uh, with long hair. Moshdi. He's the only one giving me Snyders. Was he? Aye. Aye, but listen, let's not kid on you on the game have it stinking, mate. Oh, I was standing his toes, not and he was pushing me going, wee boy, wee boy, I'm in holiday camp, 10 grand a week. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing me off, just go, wee boy, wee boy. <laughs> 10 grand a week doesn't change the fact your face looks like a melted welly, pal. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, when he take a dig off him, the one he done with Lee Irwin. Lee Irwin wants to look at himself for that. I know. You had to wait hard on that. Aye. But, um... I've completely forgot what I was going to say, so Dak, say something. No, listen, boys, obviously then, my big thing is he's played, he's played together, right? And obviously he's with Albion Rovers together, so I want to hear some juice and dirt the two of you that he's played there. Best players, daft stories, just anything as daft that he can give when he's playing together, or, or even if it's something individually that he's have done. The daftest definitely was Peter Innes and Kieran Donnelly. <laughs> ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
fractured his leg, broke his arm. Aye. So in the morning, I'm away to watch my brother's game. I've got two missed calls to go to the manager. And I'm like, what the hell's happened here? What is, where were you last night? Me and Ped, you were not allowed to go together. Uh, you with Ped? It's like, nah, he's in hospital, he's broke his arm. <laughs> that was a, so he's like, ah, he, he's accused me, he's like, you're a liar, you're with him. So Scott Chaplin had to phone and get it all sorted. Had he? Aye. Uh, what else did Ped do? Mixed day, were you there when we went to Elgin away? No. No. Oh, was that on the bus home? Aye. Uh, I felt about it. They was, oh, there was hurdles. Uh, they was shooting down Branco. It was the first, I think it was the first game of the season. So we all got a carry out. Uh, shouting down to Branco. Branco, you get me a job, you wee ride. <laughs> He's like, aye, you start, man. That's the assistant manager. He's got aye, aye, Ped, no worries. You'll start Mondays at that. You'll be my fucking tea boy, Branco. <laughs> <laughs> you wee wet. <laughs> So after the first game, we get drinking banned for full season. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if uh, Baz or Dak have heard this story, but I know the story about um, Paul Kearney. I went to school. Well, he was a year above me at school. Uh, the one where... Uh, <laughs> in the toilet. Aye, mate. That's, that was quality. Tell the boys in case they've not heard that. Uh, I gave me Kearney. He came to... That's uh, uh, Paul Payton. Two of them came from Queen's Park. Uh, I love we came as a boy, but obviously, thick as But what a player he was. He's no clever. Uh, it was the same night Neil Lennon got attacked in, I think it was the West, uh, East End or something like the West End, I can't remember what it was. And uh, so we're very all day drinking, uh, and we end up getting this wee boozer. So as you do, all day shots, everybody's well on, you end up getting into this, uh, the toilet. It's me, David Rousin, and Mark Roberts. Again, Marco, absolute idiot boy. So as there's a glass in the urinal. So as you do, you push in the, the cup, everybody's been doing it all night. And then Rouser's like, fuck it, who are we going to get? So first time comes to the head, I will get me Kearney. I think his birthday had been like maybe two or three days before it. So Marco goes out, and there's a big crowd, he's all that, Alan Archibald and all that. And he's like, everybody starts, hey, happy birthday, we man, down it, down it, down it. And he does that with a fucking glass of push. Oh, <laughs> and he probably gets a couple of gulps down, he just goes all over his shirt and all that. So we all start laughing and all that. And he drops a glass and then kind of slaps Marco. Like hang with shitey dig and then starts greeting and runs out the, the pub. So I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So we go out to the pub and me and Big Mark Todder try to calm him down. Like, so we're laughing, I joke you, man. Alan Archibald comes out, grabs him with the throat, pins him to the floor. No matter what your teammate does to you, don't fucking fly a dig at him. <laughs> then fast aye. forward, aye, we go. So I kind of calms down. We're having a laugh and a joke about it. We go up to social. He's walking about with pish all over him, no giving a fuck. <laughs> so walk in, we yeah. named up again, Charlie Adams sitting at the fucking the bar. So I've known Charlie obviously playing against him growing up, so we'll go over and start talking to him. We can, he's a mad Selic fan and all, so he's rubber. He starts shouting all the songs about Charlie Adams, obviously, Sister Singman, all that, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, so I'm at the Charlie, just leave it out, just leave it, he's just fucking wrecked, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, starts getting closer up, and Charlie's like, who the fuck is that stinking of pish? <laughs> And we comes up and Charlie's like, get to fuck you fucking idiot. <laughs> just out all night, no giving a no giving a fuck, just covered in pish. Just oh, to me. The first time I ever met uh, Kearney, so he was here above me at school. I only came to my school for a couple of years. And uh, I remember I was in first year. So I've, I've been nowhere else I've been doing. I'm sitting outside the head teacher's office waiting for my multi pick me up. And I'm just sitting there and this boy comes here, he just walks in and sits beside me and it's Kearney. And I'm just kind of like, ah, look at him. He's like, yeah, okay. He just, first thing he ever said to me, do you think you can bar me? 
<laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's trying to test me some of that. I fucking could, I. He's like, cool. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Oh. Aye, mental man. Yeah, we about we about the quick one about the who who was it? He's well, kid almost going to get a Scotland. I call up, oh, is it? Fucking hell, man. Yeah, that one, guys. What you doing? That's one of your questions. Is it? Aye. Listen, you 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 shat the bed and I had to take it anyway, so you you What about us lads? He never listens to any of the memos I, I give him then. <laughs> I'm a I'm a lone wolf, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they'll mix the. I was here, but I can't really remember the last time. I think it was Kanzo and it was Can uh, Kanzo Scooter and John Gemmel. Again, has got his lots phone. He's tech. Simon Marriott is. Daft as fuck, man. Now, if you believe Don't anything, uh, so Kanzu's text off his work phone going. I think he said it was Billy Star. Not see if you're a reporter for the record or something like that at first. He says well, he's for it, boys. He says he was a reporter for the record, and the reporter had uh, spoke to Billy Stark, and Billy Stark wanted him as his under twenty one because I had played four games for Albion Rovers. Uh, so Sai's totally believing it and all that and uh, he's like right, so Sai can you meet me what is that an Asdaq Coat Bridge Tesco Tesco uh, Tesco can you meet me at the Tesco before the game on Saturday uh, we'll get a wee quick interview we'll get uh, a picture on that taken with the Scotland flag Sai's <laughs> more takes him up to Tesco and the car sitting outside Sai's sitting in this wee cafe waiting then Scooter uh, John Gamble and Kanzo jump out with Jimmy Jimmy hats and Scotland flags. <laughs> I was there, I, I turned up a robot, it was some buzz, obviously. Oh, that's horrendous. Just trying to get before the game. Oh, yeah. 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 This is an absolute, it's bouncing. Kanzo's <laughs> video and all that, with the Scotland tap, it was brilliant. That's then he came back out, we obviously played the game up at the San Siro, and it was, it, it wasn't hard. Do you remember his mall is raging? Next one, man out. It's horrendous. I mean, it's funny, but that's horrendous doing that to people. How gullible can you be? Hey, this is what I mean. We've all been there, but how's everybody stupid? Oh, he's probably over. He's in the Scotland under 21s, man. I know, mate. He's obviously, obviously, it's been a big moment for the boy. And he's yeah. like, I'm not mean. <laughs> that's all right. Hang on, as you can tell, he's been lying in his bed at night, lap pitching it, coming for a 21s, scoring a goal. Going to tournaments and all that. I think this is going to be my career. It's just going to skyrocket and use it all that. Right, this fucking idiot will believe us. And we'll oh, date, always, to make it raging, man. Uh, to make it worse, we'll date in front of his maw. <laughs> 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 it's horrendous, man. See, we'd always be, I, would, I think I would, like, I would never do enough to go and play senior football, but see, some of the dressing rooms, I had to have been all of that, all of that, keep on my all of that nonsense. That's good with that team, that, especially that squad. Oh, brilliant, mate. Brilliant, right. man. Love it. Since, uh, since Dax ruined fan zone for us, we'll just get the rest out of the way, don't we? Was it fan zone? I will do fan zone, then we'll go into the time at the juniors and that. And, uh, right, okay, Scotland. mate. Right. First question for yourself, Barry, from Andy Smith. Do you plan to continue to play next season given injuries and time away? If so, do you see it at the Rock? No, nah, I know if I need to see that. We'll do again. <laughs> 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 no, uh, aye, hopefully. I think the lockdown's done me well. To be fair, I was getting bad problems in my groin and all that, and uh, I was just playing through it stupidly. So, hopefully, this season, whenever it kicks back off again, I'll be 
Back playing with the rock guy, definitely. You've been starting your, your pre season at late April, I've heard. <laughs> Fuck McSteel, tell you that one. Right, Ember. I've <laughs> got a question for you, McStafe, Andy Smith also. Have you started planning for next season and how do you plan on keeping Dot in line? Uh, I spoke to Paul um, another, another night for the first time in a wee while, obviously. Everyone's been kind of putting the back burner with us, hope to get back, but the news of days obviously killed that, so I think we'll need to start preparing for next season. Uh, and that the first time we'll do is get really, uh, go to really speed dog. He's a pain in the arse. I can't wait to see him. To be honest, I don't know who he is, but I'm liking this. A wee bowling ball, basically. He is. He's, he's, he's a different breed. I always say he puts me in the mind of Adam Stratton's bass. I think he's worse. I played with Adam at Fissel, mate. I know. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Adam Stratton's a fud. Right. He is just a complete, absolute fud. Honestly, man. Play, but he oh, great. I played with him at three different clubs. Adam, he is a good lad, you know what I mean? He is funny and all. He's loud and does the exact same. Dot turns up to training and like Paul Kelly, the gaffer. Yeah, Dot's no, no hung with him, is he? But right. I definitely don't want him. Dot turned up, Basil backed me up, missing. You'll be doing the warm up and all that, and you'll be shouting over to Paul Kelly, who's, who's your gaffer. I'll eat your fat specky hot dog and all that. You better be, you better be playing games and eating all that. I'm no fucking training. All <laughs> just needs to laugh and I'm like, what the fuck? Just right. calling your gaffer a fat specky hot dog. What was it? The game was it? Was uh, it Canvas Line or something? A half time. <laughs> Paul slated door and door built that after about two minutes. Speak to him like that again. I'll punch your fucking cunt in. <laughs> yeah. You see, you speak to him like that again. I'll get you a sack. Yeah, yeah, right. Just while we're talking about Dor, right, I've got a wee present for you. Film, you need to listen into this, right? Fan zone. This is for Kieran Dor at the Rock. I'll repeat the question, though, but this is his. I think that one, man. Can you ask him why were they intentionally playing bad when they first joined St. Rocks in an attempt to steal Andy Cameron's job? Doing <laughs> the same when the football resumes to Uncle Elwin. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Robin, Rob McGlinchey interpreting for the Neds here, right? <laughs> the question is basically. I think that one, man. Can you ask the boys be intentionally playing badly to try and steal Andy Cameron's job? Are he's going to keep doing the same for Uncle Elton? Uncle Elton, I assume Paul Kelly. Oh, super, me, man, brilliant. So anyway, answer the question. Does he intentionally play shite or try to play shite so he can get the job? I was injured. Did we not get voted on the team of the decade, anyway? What? Did we not get voted on the team of the decade, anyway? I wanted to leave this one out for later. I'm sure the boys are new. I thought, no, I love the rock, right? Because I had a lot of... I spent a lot of time there. Used two scud books were in there for five minutes, mate. I was here for a year and I'm on the bench at the team of the decade. And used Dak, to get you were playing the ninth division of the juniors, mate. Oh, don't think my juniors. Logie scored a hundred goals. Oh, what's that? That's how we played the year at the Rock, mate. Very easy to do. Harrison. Harrison. You know what the biggest bad thing for the Rock is? That all the fans didn't watch your club all the years back when I was there. He... Daw claims he's the Garland Gad boy. I was the Arabian Garland Gad boy, mate, the original, mate. <laughs> I was the original, mate. <laughs> Not mean. Five yeah. guys in a dog, mate, and uh, I was the main kid doing there. Dak, when was it you won that? 
Uh, two, I think I get two, mate. That was a committee player of the year. Uh, it was 2010-11. I think I won player of the year the year before that as well, mate. I'll tell you what, that, that looks in remarkable condition. You polished <laughs> that and all that, didn't you? Mate, keep that good. Mrs. Dak honestly said to me, you're putting the, keeping the dust on that? And I'm going, I just sort of know how long ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> Right, lads, that brings us to the end of fan zone because we didn't really get any questions for you because nobody's that interested in what you've got to say. So we'll get about 10 views for this. <laughs> but we'll move on now. Um, McStay, you stepped into management at Shettleston. First time you were uh, a manager, or was that the first time you were involved in coaching? Hey, I took the, the Scuddies down at Arnold, me and Big Spino. So kind of took the games down there and a wee bit of training. So kind of gave me a wee bit of. Uh, experience down there I think when I was 29 so me and Big Spooner were uh, due our first kids so Bonnie let us know who Spooner is now because I can't I don't know <laughs> Big Peter Weatherson right 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 sorry, yeah, so there is some viewers out there Ryan McStay that don't know all these people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so the travelling down to Adam was getting too much it was an hour and 10 minutes down there and we were training down there on a Tuesday and a Thursday so I put the fellas out to try and get a, a job up here and we were willing to drop down to juniors and uh, I was fortunate enough to work with a boy in G4S that was a goalie coach at Shettleson. Said that Sean Kelly was ready to step down and he was looking, obviously, for uh, a manager. So, me and Spino stepped in as joint player managers. And for the first six months, it was absolutely brilliant. And then things just started happening at the club that we weren't happy with. Uh, obviously, we weren't getting paid. The boys weren't getting paid. So, But for six months, I think, our record speaks for itself. I think we played 24 games. Uh, I don't think we could beat we, we got to the first final in 42 years and Rob Roy beat us in penalties and then we resigned in January because obviously we were, we were due six weeks wages and I think it speaks volumes that uh, we had a meeting that day and 13 of the players decided to uh, get out and walk away with us as well and I think we were maybe seven or eight points clear at the top of the league and they ended up finishing fifth or something so obviously it didn't work out for them but again for that time on, obviously, I've joined, obviously, I work with Dark, so it's shifts, so I can't really commit to being my own guy, which I want to be, so that's why I've kind of stepped into being, first of all, a player coach at The Rock, now, obviously, I've stepped up to the assistant manager, uh, but again, hopefully, if things change in my, my work, I'm definitely, that was that was obviously the talk with Paul, when he, he fought me last year, say, with a been testing becoming assistant manager, and again, I was humming home with, with the work, because I feel as if your assistant manager needs to be there every training session, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Obviously, so the boys get the same kind of drills. Uh, but obviously, he understood my situation. Uh, obviously, he said to me only maybe one or two years left. And the plan was for me to maybe take over with, with Baz. But obviously, the lockdowns maybe killed last. So, Paul, maybe one or, one or two years. But hopefully, me and Baz can maybe stay put in the rock maybe a year or two time. Because it's a, it's a crank club. As Dak said, years ago, Andy Cameron and Stevie bought the club up. And uh, we're getting maybe... We get back to crowds, we're maybe getting three, four, five hundred mm-hmm. at a game of Celtic. I know the playoff of Celtic went really well, but we can get maybe five hundred people there when Celtic aren't playing. It's, it's that's good. So I think they've definitely got the infrastructure to build up and maybe progress into first of all the Premier League and then maybe aspirations to get into the lower league. So who knows? A couple of years it could be me and Baz. I mind when we played at Ashfield when he's played his that Friday night game. That was a cracking crowd that day. Mind there was about five hundred at that. Is that, that unbelievable? No beating about the bush. They play off the really well. Obviously, it's a, a James McGrory Stadium. Remember that night we beat the old Buzz last pre season? Right. The team talk half rubber. Right, Guys like that, Celtic legends coming in. 
Uh, so they play off like uh, the Celtic uh, link really well. So the, the, the boys in the committee uh, work their absolute asses after try and get funding in. And everybody thinks that they're all kerfling the money about, but they're not. It's only Bass that's getting absolute fortunes here. <laughs> uh, the rest is going to pre us, but they have, well, Jamie Lowe's come in and absolutely fucking skint the club, but it definitely has got the, the potential to, to grow and hopefully me and Baz will be there for a couple of years to come. And Sean Winter, he must be the worst rock player in history. <laughs> <laughs> one game, one loss. Why Grand Sign on for played one see, game you beat? See, see, for me, right, it's how far Andy took the club unbelievable, right? I played at the club with Davy Gregg and that, and then Davy was a brilliant manager, and I loved playing with Davy, like one of my favourite times in football. But the work that Andy's done on that, own and after the part of the club is unbelievable cool, because when I look back and let's be honest when I was there and at the prime we had a very good team down at the rock very good characters and a really good team good in the division went a good run in the Scottish and things like that and we still didn't get big cows unless we were playing like Lark Hall things like that so to see where the club is now it's, it's, it's unbelievable and doing a lot of work in the community and stuff like that as well so the, the club's gone places, isn't he? I've said what's about it. It's gone places and really, really, it blows me away because it's not the same club that I played. Wait, it's the same club being aiming that, but where it's went after the park's totally, totally different, mate. You know what I mean? I think that's down to Andy. That guy could win the apprentice, seriously, man. Mr. Light Paz, he doesn't shut the fuck up, but the way he does, he's about the community just get sponsorships galore and that. Time, on Steve, the same with Stevie Mullen. Yeah, they two are kind of, they're, they're Mr. Rock, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you've got the, the boys behind it, the committee, uh, doing stuff to the stadium, monoblocking it, uh, doing up the changing facilities, building a toilet, things like that. So that, go, that goes unnoticed. Well, I, I, some, I'm actually on the notes, I'm going to go back and we'll finish on the rock. Just to go back to Shettleston, like me and Dak have both managed, I've been a coach and an assistant. How did it work with the two of you being co-managers? Because for me, that kind of work. Somebody has to be the main one. Like, who do players go to? Who makes the final call? Because see, the two of you kind of decide. One of you has to make a decision. What was what was the dynamic like with that? Again, we spoke of that before we done it. But again, I was still only 29, 30. Spino was still maybe 33, 34. Spino's one of the best players I've played with. Absolutely frightening. Basil, I agree me on that. He's... So the twos just couldn't leave ourselves out. And I think it worked all right because we uh, Hutchie, he was like a goalie coach slash assistant manager. And I think we just managed it on the, the park. And again, we, we signed a lot of a really good players, Jordan Morton, Jordan Halsman. So we had a lot of experienced boys on the park. And the results just kept coming and coming and coming. And then obviously situations out, out with their control kind of put the back burners on it and we had to walk away. But I, I loved it. I, I was getting messages from all after we left, half boys that had been there. We kept, I think we, was a ton around, we kept three boys, uh, Big Bob, uh, Ricky McIntosh and uh, the Bull. And I was getting messages after them saying that it's probably uh, the best six months for their career because they made me and Spino, we kind of changed uh, the whole mentality of the club, uh, training, uh, the way we treated the boys, a uh, brand new kit, uh, Track suits that they maybe never had before, and obviously boys bought into it. And I, honestly, I think if we stayed with our running with the league, uh, we just put uh, Hurlford out the, the west and all we've been three two, and uh, we'd have kicked on and maybe 
done all right in the, the Premier League next year with, with more better experienced players. That's, that's part of the problem you have, though, is because obviously, I mean, I remember playing against Shettleston when they were they were pushed, to be fair, and they didn't have much. You obviously got the cash injection to be able to bring in uh, a higher quality of player. But you see that through the juniors, but you always have teams who they have that spell where they have a bit of money. Obviously, yours was really short-lived, but you have the spell where they have quite a bit of money and they fire through the leagues and then have no sustainability and go straight back down. Yeah, be fair, Paul, a lot of people thought we were flying the money about. We weren't. Seriously, me and Spooner, I'm not going to lie, right? we were on a good wage, right? That's no... But we'd boys... Big Greg McDonald, Del Stirling Albion manager, he came and played with us. Uh, certain half, he was playing for nothing. Uh, with one of the goals just played for nothing. I think we'd five players playing for nothing and then we'd guys ranging from maybe £20, £40. And then, like Sir Jordan Halsman and uh, Monty, they were on the £80-£100 mark, but most of the boys were £50 below. But then the, the expectation was that we were giving out people £120, £130 a week and big signing on fees. It wasn't, it was just we got the right kind of blender players in that kind of knew what we were all about and they wanted to work hard for us and that's just the way it was. See if I you think, take boys. I think, sorry, Ryan, I think for me is, is obviously like boys like to get money, right? You like to oh, get a wee earner because, oh. you like to get a wee earner because you work as well and, it, and it's always nice to get a wee bit of extra playing football and basil back up. But I think a lot of it's got today with the management you've got, right? The name they've got, obviously then you've had a good name for senior football. Kind of similar to when it's gone with the rock, right? You've got you to involve. You've got you, Baz, who's got good connections. We've got Bride and you've got good connections at senior football. So you've been able to go and get Jamie Longworth. You've been able to go and get Sean Winters. I think a lot of it as well has got to do with pals and building up a relationship with people. I always think that if you've got good relationship with players, you've always got a chance of getting them. I always even feel like I should sometimes. I feel as if we have like literally no money off of the players, but I like to think between Max's contacts, myself, Berto, Riza and Paul that you can try and get players in because they want to play for you. They want to they want to come and be part of the project. They're not always necessarily concerned about the money because we've always had boys at our club, even at Ashfield, they know they've been offered loads of money more than what they could have got Stein was, but they're Stein was because they're buying into the project at Ashfield and what we're trying to achieve. I think you are getting players at Ashfield now because Bertle's there. No, we Bertle, man, is... We Bertle promised us all the best players in junior football. He's not delivered one player, mate. I'm, oh, the, I'm the man. We used to call him Pine Bovril, didn't we? He's Pine Bovril, man. I said, see, hang one thing with Bertle, right? He could tell you about every player in junior football. He's on. Aye, no. Mate, honestly, he, he basically said, I always talk about a player and he goes, Hunter a week, mate. Right. 70 a week, that. No, I'm like, better make him, won't he? <laughs> I always spoke to him the week before. I spoke to him last week, man. Hunter a week. Aye, spoke aye. to me, Bruni, John Brun, you know him? Aye, Bruni. Aye. Aye. But um, do, 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 do you agree with that assessment, boys? Or it's down to like. I've always that. Aye, see, if you're a manager, see if you're honest with the players. I think man management these days is probably 75% of what a manager should be. See if you can talk to the players and be honest with them. I think they'll respect you more. It's obviously, going back to Shelton, we had maybe a squad of 18, 20, so you're maybe leaving two or three boys out. We used to pull them in before the game in our office and explain our decision. Uh, obviously, the boys weren't happy about it, but after it, you spoke to them, they'd be like, I respect it, you pull them in. I've played under managers that don't even speak to you. I definitely, I definitely, but I've played under managers that don't even speak to you. And then you go and 
maybe have a try of a word to him. Aye, they just give you one more dancers and kind of fob you mm-hmm. off. I think if you try and explain to players, even at that level, that was junior football, first division. Yeah, but we try to install the mentality that we had maybe played higher above. And that's why we try to get the players in uh, from a higher level. And as I how say... Did, sorry, how, going, how did you find it? Because you're talking about you had boys that are like 80 quid and that, but you had boys that were on nothing. How did you find the balance? Because obviously, like... Looking at it from a manager's point of view, I only coached managed amateurs, and even though we had a good side, it was the same. Everybody paid their money, so it was exactly the same. I didn't have to deal with any of that. Because like, I think back to I played when I was younger, I played with a couple of teams where there was decent money in the side, and I honestly felt like overall the atmosphere was shite. Like when I played with teams lower down, boys were just the same, and everybody knew exactly what it was. How did you manage that? Can I deal with the, the issues that come from it? Just obviously doing our homework on the players, knowing them, eh, the kind of characters they were, that's why we brought them into the club. Eh, as I say, like me and Spino done a lot of eh, things behind the scenes, getting sponsorships in. Spino got eh, sponsorship after his brother and that basically paid eh, for the Astro Tough that we trained at a local school. And then, near enough, when things started going wrong and all this money, we basically had nowhere to train. And it was granted the winter nights, and it was like December, and we had to remember the winter shutdown with the juniors. Nice. So basically, obviously the club are saying, oh, the boys aren't getting paid. They're saying, we've brought boys in for the professional, saying they're going to get this amount a week. You've got to give them. No, no, no. Tell them to just take three weeks off and be like, no. So obviously we spoke to the players saying, listen, we're top of the league. We're still in a couple of cups. Uh, we're going to try and train. And fair play to the boys. We were coming into the, the ground at half five, getting a, a wee bit of light and then the two floodlights and just running them. And then we done that for maybe right up to the January when we played Irvin Meda, that was our last game, but the boys bought into it, you know what I mean, other boys were just sat to us and I'm not fucking turning up just to run, but they done it, running in the dark, eh, and obviously never getting paid, six weeks without any money, and then the Irvin Meda game, eh, we drew, I think, we scored in the last minute, it was one each, we went up to the social club after it, and you've got boys, that, men in the committee that haven't kicked a ball in their life, saying, oh, that's a terrible result, and you're saying, we're fucking sitting top of the league, we're unbeaten, we're still in the West. And then obviously the next day we just decided that was enough and we, we kind of just chucked it. But so it was a bittersweet because I think if we, we stayed, we'd have definitely won the league and uh, who knows what could have happened after that. But Do again, means we have kind of dropped away. Big Spino's not got time for it either. And he's a loss to the game at all because he was what a player and obviously what a guy to have in the changing room. And the way he spoke and the, uh, about football and uh, his enthusiasm was second to none. So he's a big master of the game at all. I know it was working out quite well for you, obviously, before the issues where you were flying. But do you know that's quite disrespectful to uh, the five boys that you're talking about who weren't getting paid and you are intentionally paying boys 80 quid a week and then just choosing not to pay boys? Do you know that's quite disrespectful? That's just to be... It was obviously our first job, first job in football. You've got a budget, you just need to work to it. Uh, and obviously, we were meeting boys and saying, listen, this is what we've got. And boys were saying, I am willing to pay, play for nothing. So obviously, you're going to take... It. Uh, but I think obviously it was boys maybe played amateur wanted to step up and obviously big Greg McDonald was coming to end his career and he uh, obviously had a good job outside football and didn't need the money so I think it's just you just need to manage a budget we need a budget to stand and obviously if we felt we had to pay a wee bit more for a player that we think going to kick us on the league it's decisions you need to make as a manager No I get it the thing is I'm not criticising the sense that see boys are wanting to come in and no play for it but for me it's been a it doesn't look great for somebody saying, well, your mate who you've just uh, set up for that goal was only 80 quid a week. 
No, that's like nobody knew, but we never uh, tell anybody about anybody was on, you know what I mean? It wasn't any club in it. At any club, I think I'd imagine the way people at Ashfield played, played for nothing. Well, they're all playing for nothing. Ah, yeah. Ah, expenses. Well, look, I'm not saying expenses. I played at Cumnock. I was on. Barry's keeping very quiet here, not me, Barry. What are you on? I'll let you talk. <laughs> I, I remember my time at Cumnock. I was the lowest paid professional contract in the team, so I was on like 55, 60 quid a week. Boys I used to car share, we were on over 100 quid a week. And it didn't really bother me, but I think it kind of, maybe because you were winning and it was a shorter period, I think eventually that starts to show where boys start getting, a, if you're losing, boys get a bit pissed off. They start mm-hmm. saying, oh, that's fucking shite. He's been rotten for the last couple of weeks and he's on... You see, see before, you, could, you could go for the Premier League right down to... Oh, I get that, I know. I know. Going, the, the wages vary, you know what I mean? It's just, that's yeah. just part, part of the football. It's inviting. I think it depends. Uh, you've got a good dressing room. I don't think players oh, really see. matter. See, I'll be in overs. I was on the first year, 33 quid a week. There was players on 100 odd quid, but you never really cared because it was... You're getting a good laugh every two nights at training and then the games. See, the, the environment and you're playing and all, see if you're playing and you're in the environment is... And you 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 fancy the management, Barry, aye? No, I know. I've got a few years left in these legs. I bet it is something that you'll... you'll... I'll bring him in to make a tea for me. He'll be my tea boy. <laughs> nah, I've never thought about it, to be honest with you. No? Uh, nah. It's only makes days I've mentioned it, but... I would like to, obviously, if I stop playing football again, yeah, aye. Right. Well, that's definitely get the coaching, because he obviously has played with him. Oh, it's the same club. He's a big voice in the changing room, you know what I mean? Before games, he's demanding half people. Obviously, uh, respected within the game. He's got a, uh, good contacts. I think their team's still anti fucking East Coast Bride, man. I mean, the boys he's bringing in, but <laughs> top quality players that he's bringing in. So, obviously, he's got connections, and I think... Again, much like Spino would be lost in the game if he just dropped out of the tyres. To be fair, he's got chocolate groins because it could be soon. think he's been playing on that Astro all the time? No, nah, it was because Stevie Rankin had his up the back of the Springburn Park up in the house. <laughs> <laughs> on you go, Stevie. Listen, he used to take the Ashfield boys on the red ash next to Ashfield, not me. Oh, torture, man. That's a different world now compared to that. I'm talking about, you're saying about going up Springburn Hills, the red ash, I'm talking about running in the dark. Yeah, I mean, we, no. tried it. we tried it at Ashfield, mate, to take them on the red ash, mate, and I've never yeah. seen a battle like it, mate. I mean, it's illegal to play on, to be fair, in a competitive game, but I uh, boys are just, I couldn't imagine that even 10, 12, 15 years ago, you couldn't get away with some of the, the shit that we had to get done that you just accepted that boys wouldn't probably accept that now because it has to be all the good Astros that you train on and all that. Aye. Aye, society's changed. I think I watched your episode last week. Uh, we dine on that. Society has changed. Look, we've got a few boys, obviously, at the rock, and you turn up, man, just fucking more like fuck you like that. Because obviously, I'm in a different kind of side to it. Obviously, Baz, we kind of see Baz as a major influence in the, the change rooms. It's always maybe me, him, and Paul and Kev that can maybe sit and talk, and you get people just moaning about stupid things. But again, I've done that years ago, but you've, obviously, I'm flipped now, so you. I kind of pissed off it, but you just need to take it. But again, 10, 20 years ago, you, you could get away with that, you can, you know, you know what I mean? People does, it, does it frustrate you as boys, the both of you, that some players that moan and um, they couldn't lace your boots? No. Don't sit in the fence. Don't sit in the fence. I like my brain, who that could be at the rock. <laughs> you see boys moaning and you go... It's just, here, it's just left, Buzz. Aye. Cookings? 
he cooks, you know what I mean? He's like, I think his last game for us, I love him, man, right? That's obviously me brought him to the rock, and his ability is second to none. There's so many goals he scored for the rock, but he's just used to moan about Avil, me, but didn't really work out for him. I think he played 70 minutes and we took him off, and Funzy strip away, and he just walks away around all that. And then that Can we see that game, but uh, but again, 10 20 years ago, you wouldn't have that because it's a team game now. People are more worried about if they played a big uh, a 60 yard pass or if they scored instead of the team winning. We've won 3 0 in a Scottish Cup. I mean, who was it away? Baz, I can't remember the name of the team. Oh, God knows, man. Okay, now we're up in D anyway. So you're thinking you're in the next uh, next round and he's texting me the next day saying, I want to leave and all that. And, Have you need to remember he, Liam Coogan? He, he, he he's he's Scottish that only say like Baz isn't interested. He doesn't know who the name of the teams are not. So I, I just turned up. <laughs> need to remember the Coogans, but he's still got full-time professional football at Huddersfield on his Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> See, right, you're talking about um, being on the other side of it now where boys are moaning. It's something that I've spoke about before. It's something I struggled with a lot. Was and I was a greeting face bastard, like my attitude was shite when I played to be honest in general. So uh, it's a bit hypocritical for me. But how do you find it moving into coaching and management? And does it make you kind of look back at anything that you did previously and think, well, I'm not going to treat players a certain way because I did this, or I'll treat them a certain way because I did this? No, I think I always, I think I always had a good. Uh, Going to change room, especially when I get in the latter stages of my career and talk to the young boys. And I never ever wanted my team to do bad for so the back of the team. I was always, if we scored, I was first up. I always had that in my locker. Uh, and just speaking to players, I always think I've got a good relationship with the younger players. I feel as if I know I don't like to be vocal in the changing room. I like to go around one on one and kind of talk to them and after the game and things like that before the game. So but I, get, I turn up to train people are moaning or oh, fucking get the cones away I want games I've done that because I just wanted to play games but then I've got the coaching head on me you need to plan a session and sometimes we plan a session for maybe 18 or 20 and Baz will tell you sometimes at the Rock in the first couple of months I had 8-10 people turning up so your full session is ripped up and you're doing right go and play four aside that did happen a few times at the Rock oh, I had to sit down change the mentality and say listen if you don't turn up for training and not get paid that's what we had to do and uh, to be fair, we had an absolute shock at the Rock last year. We, I think we, we drew one out of the first 10 games. And we were, the, we were to blame for Andy resigning and stepping down. And then when Paul took over, he kind of kicked the, the club on again. And uh, I think, obviously, the likes of me, Baz, Sean, uh, Sean Winter, Jamie Longworth, Daw, there's a, a good spine in the team there that we can maybe kick on again. So hopefully when the, the, the league starts up again, we can maybe add a few players and then see what can happen but going back to the coaching side I love it I absolutely love it uh, so hopefully it can uh, continue next season you mentioned the type of players um, can I particularly through the spine of the team like Barry Jamie Longworth or not it's guys that have played at a better level and all that can help the younger players way kind of saying look no the standards have to be at this level they have to be that because you can't really get away but if you want if you want to win it you have to have better standards but Baz how have you found it Looking at McStay now as a as your assistant manager, known him years ago as a player, have you noticed a difference, or do you kind of still see the same guy? Or because you're older, you don't really notice it as much now. Nah, to be fair, it's just the same. I actually prefer it that he's the assistant because you know you can just go and speak to him about anything, and he's no daft either. He notices all the shit he goes on. He knows what boys will be saying, and uh, he is approachable. 
all the players know that. As soon as sometimes when you know, like a different voice around addressing them. Um, Paul's obviously old school, but when Ryan when Ryan speaks, uh, everyone listens. It's but very approachable and makes it a bit easier for me. So but, back to going back to uh, Paul, he is old school. You know what I mean? Like his half is not, whereas I'm kind of laid back and I like to ask you like steady talking about the negatives. I like to talk about the positives. This is what you should be doing. This is what you can be doing. But don't get wrong, you need you do need. Obviously, you give the boys a, a wee bit of a part now and again, but I just don't think it's in my locker. I feel as if talking to the players and telling them what to do and, again, going about them one by one and saying, listen, I want you to do this and that. They respect you a wee bit more. But obviously, Paul's old school and that's the way he is and he won't change. But Does Paul, Paul lose the plot in the dressing room? Oh, fuck aye. 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 His half is not... These specs go flying everywhere, man. He's hairdryer stuff, is he? Aye. Aye. Bad, man. Nobody's mental. I would say that's his downfall a wee bit, I like. I like Paul, obviously. But sometimes you need to man-manage your players. You need to know who you can shout at. And who you can't shout at because they're just going a shell. We made a few players like that. They just went in a shell, and that was them yeah. ruined the second half. That's what that's what surprised me with Maxi, right? Maxi, man, I always thought we'd be a hairdryer, and he keeps he, he keeps calm. Like sometimes I need, like we need to rein ourselves in, me rise in that. But I tell you what, see when he wants to let the players know about it, you feel as if it gets a reaction because he doesn't often do it. Do you know what I mean? Aye. See for me on Maxi, right? Like, now I've met Maxi a, a couple of times now and got to know him a wee bit better than that. Maxi, I actually think, would be scarier as a manager when he doesn't shout. Because I think he's got this quiet edge to him where you're like... Oh, I, I bet you makes I don't know if I want to fuck him off, to be honest. He just leaves it, he just leaves it the rest of him. One of the ones that goes, you know what, I'm fucking sick of the sighties and just walks out and you're like, ah, come back! I'm sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Scared to get in the gaffers off his yesterday. We I'm like, are we allowed to come in? <laughs> Right, so just before we move on to the rock, this is something just for a personal thing. So obviously Barry, you at East Co-Bride, makes day you at uh, BSC. How do you view the, the level in comparison to the juniors kind of west of Scotland? Obviously Barry, you were there right in the early days of the Lowland League and you say it wasn't particularly great, but it's improved quite a lot. And then you look at like, Barry Ferguson and Bob Malcolm and that at Kelty and there's obviously a bit of money and stuff starting to go into the league, which is good for it to get better. How do you just compare that level to kind of the top end or even just junior in general? I think the top end, I wouldn't say there's much, I don't know, much difference to be honest. And who was it looking like? Did they know Hammer Kelty last year or something? I beat them 2-0 two, two or something, but it was comfortable. Oh, no. I would say, oh, our league in that eye, it's a, I would say it's a big step up. I would say they're all under a lot fitter than our. Um, but, I'm going to say the top league. I'd say there's a few teams in the top league that could definitely challenge in the Lone League. Aye. Everyone beats everyone in the Lone League. It's Aye. Back to the Bassy Dale, I see when I kind of first went to the Lone League, it was like, I was East Co-Bride. He's still He's still in maybe three or four teams. And we were beating, I can remember we played Hoyt down there and we were 9-0 up at half time. Aye. It was obviously miles in front of them, but then as the years has been on, it's probably, I would say it's probably the most competitive league in Scotland. Uh, maybe for the championship down, maybe get, I always uh, harp on a bit. Uh, Swifty BSC, Swifty didn't have a budget. We were there, we were getting paid uh, a win bonus if you, if you won. And uh, every year he keeps changing his teams because everybody obviously leaves to get a wage at somewhere else and he just keeps producing players. 
I don't think he's, he's, I think he's been there four years, maybe three, four years, and he's been in the top two and three every year. See the budget, see the budget the teams must spend on travelling if they're putting buses and that on. It must be unbelievable because see the trips you need to go in that lowland league, innit? Aye. Some of it's terrible. Even if you just go to Ibiza, you just need to go and stay away the night before and all that. Did you just need to pay that out your own tail, but Buzz? Nah. See, that's decent then. That's, that feels a professional environment, doesn't it? It was. It was very professional, aye. Uh, it's just get boring after a while seeing the lowland league. Sometimes two weeks in a row you're away to hoik and the back end of the Aye, it's I can I've not really seen that level, but I I think that the pyramid is a brilliant idea. And the fact that yeah. I know you mentioned the Talbot, I can I see even though the Talbot lose games at the junior level and that you kinda look at the Talbot differently because it doesn't fucking matter who they play. They pretty much go and get anybody a game. I mean, even when they've played Hearts and all that, they don't look out of place. I know they're not that level, but in a one-half game, they never look out of place. But I think it's going to be great, particularly when you start to weed out, like, I know they're not really going to be able to hoik and all that, start to get weeded out, and you start getting Clyde Bank, Talbot, Darville, Harrowford, teams like that, and you start getting a strong kind of West contingency. Ashfield, Iraq. Ashfield, and <laughs> teams like that, you know what I mean? But... It's just that was just for me because I was just curious to see what you thought about it. But um, moving on to the rock, you mentioned something that I can interest me. So you're talking about the fans now. We're starting to get good crowds. I, I, I think the last time I played against the rock was about four or five years ago when they were just starting to get crowds, and before it was just another kind of team that you didn't get great crowds. What is it the club are doing? I know they're using the Celtic side yet, but what is it the club are doing? Because it's been some job they've done in the last few years to, to boost the profile of the club. Stevie and Andy take care of all that side. Uh, it's unbelievable what they're doing to be fair. I'm sure Andy told me one day he'd done a competition, a penalty shootout for fans. They paid 20 quid ahead. So just that stuff like that to get people in the gate. And I think everyone knows everyone up there. The way Daw talks about it. Everyone knows Daw. Daw just walks out and they all just. Everyone talks to him and all that. And I don't know. I think it's more like a, it's like a big family club, basically. Um. To keep the kind of like, what you're wanting for the club, in it, the feel, the, the local feel, if you need, you see, uh, you need players like here, Martin, and nah, get him away. And it still, know what I mean? Get him away. New boys <laughs> are in town. Well, last game there, they played up at East Cobride, so we call the shots now. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Back to obviously the fans at, at that level, you can turn up with 10 of your mates with a carry out. Maybe in the summer and you're sitting watching a, a game, you know what I mean? That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, and obviously, uh, as I say, we can maybe average two to five hundred people there. And it's we get a supporters bus, we go to every week, and it falls. You know what I mean? That's scary to think at that level that, that you're doing that. Do you know what I mean? And see, I see, for me, something I really like the last time I played against the Rock, um, to be fair, it was actually my only junior hat trick. We pumped them 6 0 with a port, but. For me, I like. I wasn't even goal that day. Don't oh, you weren't the mate. Have been there. Um, for me, it's the fact that let's see that you've got the. I know it's about a kind of in quotations the, the kind of casuals and all that go. I think that is amazing. But let's like, see when you're playing the game because they were all there, playing the game and you're they're lighting enough the fucking smoke flares and all that, and I, it's brilliant because you're like it's actually interesting. It's good as a player when you're on the park because there's a bit of an atmosphere because you don't get it anywhere else. So I think it's the club have done well to bring in that kind of younger fan base that are going to be yeah. there for, for years to come. See, for, see the thing is, 
See, for me, PG, right, and I'm only outside, but I've been down there a few times, and I, and I, I have got a lot of pals down there that follow the rock and stuff like that still, uh, and I always I keep don't up and results and things going on. But, but the, the other thing, the flip side is, but, right, the fans' expectation much through the roof now at the club. Do you know what I mean? I mean, when we played these, right, in the League Cup section, I thought we actually battled his that day, right, for the second half anyway, and he's beat us 2-1, we were denied us on all penalty. And I could feel the crowd they were expecting you to do us that day. And, and I think sometimes you need to deliver success and deliver re- results because, to be honest with you, the Rock have had decent enough success in the last few years. They've had a cut of promotions and stuff like that. So, obviously, fans' the expectation there, the expectation level that I was talking to him off, and Gazo and this about it, it's like demand success, doesn't it? They want success, and that, that brings the same pressures as well. I definitely look at just look at the players who brought in the short period of time over the last two years. But again, as I said, they never worked out for his last year, and it cost Andy's job. Uh, and then Paul's came in, and we've added uh, a bit more quality again, and lockdown started. But uh, as you say, that like, uh, Paul with the casuals, remember that time. The guy turned up to get to two of the players, but his mind, I won't name the two of the players, I turned them shot or so. Remember the warm up? Oh, aye. Was door. Door oh, door, aye. I thought he was trying to go in the park, two of the boys, and uh, the warm up. And I'm like, what the fuck's happening here? So it always happened weeks before that. Uh, but aye, the fans are brilliant. Uh, but as you say, Dak, they let you know, even in social media after, see if you're maybe. That 10 game we had last season where it was shocking and they're calling you out on social media and Facebook and things like that. Yeah, they do call you out. I think it was... Yeah, they do call you out. It's a bit shorts. No, it? The good thing with Andy and Stevie, they, they play off the sponsorship really well with the, the names in the tap. I think that you bought uh, a couple for you in the way and that. So I get one eye from an They're always generating money in and obviously they're, they're backing us as a management team to bring the right players in to try and progress the club. So if we're not doing that, then obviously we're going to get called out, rightly so. Was so. it no the Cumberland game next day? Was that a fan? Uh, you probably know it was a big Bennett. Uh, yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise, I get injured and I've, I couldn't walk. I think it was my groin again. I can't remember what it was. So I'm trying to get off the park quick and I was to give probably Paul Tierney the armband. No, it was. So I couldn't get close to him because I was fucking in agony. So I've put the armband on the ground so Tierney could get it and I've walked off. That big Bennett shouted, you're a fucking disgrace, Russell. Uh, the captain and you're throwing the armband in the deck. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't he? No, didn't he? Uh, uh, see, to be fair, see if you're... Obviously, you've got the flip side with getting a bit of pressure on that and the certain type of individual that a lot of the people are that go to the, the rock games, they're a bit... Um, Less diplomatic, I'd imagine. But if you're getting the good crowds or not, the best characters, mate. You no, mate. No, I'm not denying it. No denying it. They'll always offer you a smoky or joint and a tan and a can. After they offer you a smoky, are you half time too? Walk in. <laughs> but see, see the fact you're talking about getting like two to five hundred fans. That puts you into a different level and all in terms of finance. I don't know. And I don't. You don't hear a massive amount about what boys are on it at all. But that allows you, and it might even only be. 30, 40, 50 quid a week you can pay boys if you start having the numbers continuously. But that allows you to open up to a different level of player when if you're in that level, that division, you're saying, right, 40, 50 quid across the board, that's what boys are getting. That does allow you to get a better calibre of player. So Andy and I have done a great job with what they've actually brought into the club swing. It's, it's commendable. 
Obviously, money for the ticket, and again, just retweeting that on social media. You can't say like fans just jump onto that. I think we came second. Thank. Did we roll past today for overs? Aye. A ticket. Made the club and also I fair play to two of them. They they were their absolute balls off at the club. It makes a difference, and see the thing is, they're quite right in what they're doing because you've got to use any avenue you can to get money. See, like. I quite like the, the tap with the names on it. I think that's a great touch. Oh, and it's something that brilliant. people always have and they're interested in it. Because people, they like stuff with their name on it and think, well, I'm actually a wee part of history. I've got a rock strip. I like your rock. I've got a rock strip that I will always have because of it. And it's quite good. But yeah. only the season there, which after the day's announcement, obviously this is going to be released at the end of February. So we're right, uh, sorry, end of March. So we're right at the start of February now, the day that it's been announced that it's only the the kind of senior football that's come back. But you were sitting, what, kind of fourth, fifth bottom with seven points after five games. But looking at the table, I've got it in front of me now. If you start talking to you, you could win your two games in hand. You're sitting in third, so... Aye, but that's the thing. We look, at, look at Ashfield on that. We're about second bottom, but if we won our games in home, we'd have been up there with them as well. No, that's... But you would have went into, what, fourth if you said won your games in hand. But the point I'm making is, how have you found it? Like obviously, having new teams like Glasgow Union and all that, and how has it been playing against different teams? That's one of the most frustrating games I've had county coaching against the Minutebaz. Oh, it's a shambles, been, man. I'm not just, I'm not being disrespectful, but we should have been out of sight in the first 20 minutes. Had the points, the and then Aye. they got the part and scoring. Even in my head when they score, I'm saying to myself, we were still battling. And then we got the equaliser, and then the second half, it just, it never happened for us. They, they end up just, they were playing, they were just getting the ball just playing over the top for the big striker and it was working for them. But uh, I, I think they've had a few no bad results again, but then we've been inconsistent. We're, we are very inconsistent. The I, two, good, two good performances and the boys were doing really well and they turned up the next week against Glasgow. No disrespect, we should be beating them with the players we've got and they beat 2-1, 3-1 I think it was. And then obviously, uh, we should be up there challenging with the, with the squad we've got, obviously, the, the, the quality we're bringing in. But again, hopefully, with the, the announcement today, I, that's what I say to Paul all night on the phone. I just want to never come out and say, listen, it's scrapped, and then you can start aye, preparing. Because no, let's be honest, mate, see if they say to us today, you can go back, you're going to have to go back and do maybe a three-week pre-season. By the time that hits, it's April. How are you going to cram it in? You're, no, you're never, never going to do it. So. I was speaking to somebody about that earlier, and... That's actually Darren Miller I was talking to on Twitter because I put a wee thing about the announcement of the day and kind of Darren was quite similar-minded as myself. You would need at least a couple of weeks. But see, for me, it's easier for me to say because I'm no involved in a team, but they should bin this season. For me, it can't be finished. It can't be done properly. I think it loses the credibility if you only play half the games as well, just to, like, you play every day once or something. I don't think it's got any credibility. But what on Andy's question fairly about if you started planning for next year. Now, I've been, I'll not name a name, but I've been asked to go in and coach with one of the teams who are trying to get into the West of Scotland for next season. And I've agreed to date. It's not, nothing's confirmed. But for the last three weeks since I've been asked, I have been on to boys, 
like every single day talking to so many players. What is it? What have kind of you put in plan for next season? I'm also asking this to Dak as well. No, you don't need to name names or anything, but what kind of work he's putting into place already for next season? I'm going to be honest. We've well, I've certainly not. I've not spoke to any players because obviously the, the season was might have started again. But now with that decision today, obviously we'll sit down as a management team. Uh, me, Kev, uh, Paul, Baz, and we'll sit down and see who's going to be there next season. Then it gives you a rough idea how many players you want in. But for now on, you'll be it's just yourself. Probably you'll be bombarding players right, left, and centre to try and get them in because. There's no point in waiting to maybe pre-season to try and get boys in because they'll be, they'll be signed up with other teams. So you're better off doing your business early doors and then by the time pre-season hits, you've, you can hit the ground running and just try and progress as a club and be more consistent and then kick on again. Because I, I think short-term the Rock need to be in that uh, Premier League and then you can maybe kick on again and maybe challenge in a few years to try and go up to the lonely. But... To be fair, I think the lockdown might basically end a few people, I don't think many. A few people come back for us due to what reasons or whatever, and um, I think people getting used to a Saturday and working and getting extra income, going back to the money thing. They're not making money at football, so they're used to a wage now. So I think they could end a few people, uh, especially at junior level. Baz, I totally 100% agree. That's basically where I was going to go with it. I feel as if this last year it's basically killed off a lot of boys' buzz and it's so sad to say and it's a gutter because I have like already spoke to some boys, not going to lie, and the motivation is not there for them because you can't give them any information. We don't know what's happening. We can't get them into train. We can't do it. And then you're sitting saying to them, come in next season, but we'll start in June or July. It's still four, it's still six months away, do you know what I mean? So... For clubs trying to plan again for next season, it's very difficult, and I totally agree, guys. I think the amount of boys we're going to lose to the game, and it's sad to see and see boys at the end of their career as well. I'm gutted for them. Like we've got Marky McManus at Ashfield, right? Marky's been brilliant in junior, full junior career, 39, and this probably look could have been his last season. Looks like his last season, and it's did it's done for him, mm-hmm. and he's went out like it might have probably went out like that. So, no, I totally agree, mate. It's a hard, hard situation, man. It's horrible. Like I'm not going to lie, I'm obviously 35 and that last lockdown's probably killed me. I'll probably just... What do you mean? Uh, I, I spoke to Paul on that. I said I was going to maybe uh, play so many games, obviously, and then, but I, I kind of never played any of the games. So it's kind of killed me. That's probably a year out of my career that I'm never going to get back. And obviously at 35, it's going to be hard to motivate yourself to try and do another pre-season and then kick on again. But as I was mere hoping that you're hoping, but it's hard because that's so much time's passed. But you're hoping boys turn around and go, I need to get back amongst the boys. I need to get back out playing football. I want to be about the banter. I've been about the house for the last year. So hopefully if they're watching this, maybe they think, even people want to say, get one last bash, one last bash at the juniors or yeah. go to an Ashfield or whatever, or the Rock and get a right good go because... It's this is where all your best memories are, boys, isn't it? It's for the football, yeah. it's for the dressing rooms, it's for the people we've met. And Never ever beat it, Dak. The, the thing is, for me, like, talking about that, I spoke to a boy last night who I think he's maybe 32, 33. And mm. it's hard because I'm trying to sell something to boys I know that technically doesn't exist. So it's hard to kind of tell boys what they're going to do. The club I'm going to be with if it all goes through, for the first year or two, we won't have much of a budget. But I'm talking to this boy last night who is kind of getting to the twilight of his career and he's like to me, oh, I'm interested in coming down. He says, but 
I don't know if I'll be able to do it anymore. She's that's a year out. She says, I don't know if I'll be able to play another year. And then you've also got the issue, pre-season is going to be fucking horrific next uh, next season because you can't... You'll get some boys who will continue to run in day within a day, but you'll probably be about 90-odd percent of boys will they almost fuck all for over a year. I mean, you're probably going to... Have, like we were joking about it earlier, Baz, we coming in at eight, the end of April to start pre-season. You might need an extra... Normally, you only need, what, four to six weeks? You might right. need eight, nine, ten weeks to get people properly fit this time. It's going to be a big ask. And boys might not want to do that. How good is that the first night going to be, but... Oh, top notch. Or be drinking cups of passion. I would take a cup of passion for a night. I need the toilet. I'll be back in a minute. I need a pee. Don't pass your couch, pass you. See what it is, you're saying about the fitness thing. when I was walking away. Well, the thing fitness thing, see the lockdown, the first lockdown, everyone went out and kept themselves fit and doing the right. IKs and all that. And that was myself. I went and done quite a few things and kept. I was probably the fittest I've ever been. Uh, aye, it, 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 it's like, just the, a brick wall. What's the point? Lockdown. Aye, you're getting the government coming out and saying stuff like it will be better by summer. So you're thinking, well, fuck it, we can lose a couple of months. And everybody was doing the five Ks and like that. I'm taking away that, but I really enjoy my running. So. I've always been the type to go and do run. But even doing that, it's no it's no match match specific. I mean uh, it builds you a good base. Aye, but but see if you lose that sharpness, I mean your touch aye, will go. Aye, yourself, Paul, you can be one of the fittest uh, about your team and you maybe do four or five weeks pre-season. See come the first two pre-season oh, games. Boys, apologies, that was no very professional, but I was busting there, man. What have I missed? Wait for the punch. I missed you in a few weeks. Ah, that's the thing, but see, people know about trap a ball now, is that what you were talking about? They <laughs> can't run 5Ks, but they can't trap a ball, is that what it was? That's it, they can't, they can't do it. Like, see what I mean? I don't stay in Mick Kennedy's mansion, I stay in the Dark House, who I can hear these. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, lads, well, I think, I think we've kind of went through everything there. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on and speak to us. Oh, that's brilliant. Hopefully when uh, all this shite's done, we'll get ourselves in the studio. When he's are, uh, back playing properly, we'll get his back in and we'll get a proper chat. And myself you know and what? See what we'll do, right? See what we'll do, PG. We'll get, right, if we can get in the studio, it'll be like the Royal Rumble, right? We'll have you, me, McStay, Baz, Pe Dennis, Daw. <laughs> right? Battle the Geeks. And bring that boy that was trying to do Daw up at the rock, right? When he tried to run on the park. Bring him back in and all. I heard he's got a bit of a heart for it. <laughs> he's got a heart for it. Aye. I'm only kidding, mate. I don't know who you are, so I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> right, lads. I appreciate that. Thank you very hey, much. Cheers, mate. Boys, cheers, thank lads. you, lads. Cheers.